Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thanks so much for tuning in today. So before we get into today's episode, I do have a couple of announcements. First and foremost, we have our showcase March 20th at the Basement East. You do not want to to miss this. I guarantee you it is going to be an incredible show. We have Meg Riley, Aaron O'Dowd, Tegan Stewart, and Noelle McFarland, all of which these artists have all been on the podcast and they have all had some amazing interviews. So if you haven't listened to those yet, go back and listen to them. But links are in the show notes. Go grab your tickets for the March 20th showcase at the Basement East. It's going to be epic. So on today's episode, we have the one, the only, the songwriter extraordinaire and woman who is literally the best at just creating and spitting lyrics on the fly, freaking Kristen Ford. KFO is a beast, and if you do not know who KFO is, I have to tell you. My first interaction with KFO, she was actually a Hellcat on the same show that I was a Hellcat, and we were playing with Debbie Flood, so it was KFO, myself, Debbie Flood, and then Savannah was on bass. And it was just a freaking party. Every single day in rehearsal, it was just, it was always like something new. And Kristen always had some funny joke that she was spitting. I mean, I I don't think that we really got a whole lot of work done, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I think we laughed more than anything, but it was an experience. And just being in Kristen's orbit alone is an experience. Because she's so freaking funny and witty, and you just never know what the hell is going to come out of this woman's mouth. But I got to tell you, like, we talked today about her song, uh, Gray Sky Blue, and then we also talk about her song called Best Friends, which she does live, and it's hilarious because she just starts spitting lyrics like in real time about the things and the people that are around her in that moment. There was a there was a time when Kristen and Aaron and I we were doing a little photo shoot with Kelly from Bluff Agency and we gone out into the county in in Nashville and so she was just doing like a little bit of B-roll footage and Kristen starts singing Best Friends and she starts just talking about Aaron and talking about me and like it was hilarious. Oh my god. I mean, I had tears in my eyes. I was laughing so freaking hard. So I am so excited. If you have never heard of Kristen Ford, I'm telling you what, like, you're just, you're going to dig her music. I don't, I don't care what your favorite style of music is. You're going to dig her because she's an awesome, awesome human being. She's a fantastic musician and she's one hell of an entertainer. So without any further ado, I'm going to play Gray Sky Blue by Kristen Ford. Fish out of water, you can 
Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, everybody. It's your host, Katie Thompson, and I'm here today with Kristen Ford. What is up, fam? What's up, Katie? Good to see you. It is so good to see you. It has been way too freaking long, and you have a dope album that just came out called War in the Living Room, and I am so excited. Yeah, look at that. Oh my gosh, so it's sweet. totally cash. I just have one right here. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's neat. We didn't that even is, plan that. We weird. didn't at all. Weird. Dude, that is such a freaking cool like album cover and everything. So so talk to me about this album, friend. Like how long how long was the writing process for this? Yeah, well, it basically um I started the record in started writing the record in like 2017, 2018. And um which I realized is like a long time ago. And then crowdfunded the album the very end of 2018, recorded it early 2019. And I, I did sort of a split recording with this. One half I recorded in Minneapolis with Brett Bullion, who's a really badass producer and studio manager. And he's worked with Bad Bad Hats, Now Now, Lizzo, Bonnie Bear. He even worked with Kanye back in the day. I don't know if we're Holy trying cow. to like involve ourselves with easy anymore but um you know he's just very like young guy new school and those are a lot of indie rock sort of icons like especially um I think I found now now through Tegan and Sarah radio on Spotify or something mm -hmm. and so to get to play with one of their bandmates was doing synth and bass on the record and then Bad Bad Hats I had seen open for I think Typhoon and I was just like, oh my gosh, this band is so fun and they're so great. And then to have their drummer, Khan, play on my record was just super cool. And then um, the other half of the album, I went back to my roots, Western Massachusetts, where um, I've been studying since I was 15 with June Millington. Mm -hmm. She's uh, like a rock and roll founder and also you know, came up record making records uh, and singing background harmonies and doing guitar licks in a time when it was all like tape recording. And, you know, like if you're going to do harmony parts, that's four people standing around a mic. Right. Don't think about adding reverb later. Don't think about auto tune. And it was uh, really just great to kind of come full circle and like work with my mentor again and also just get steeped in some of the more like old school classic traditions of making records and then to knit them together on one album was neat because I don't think you can actually pinpoint which song was recorded where um, even though it was kind of a patchwork record so I just celebrated the one year um, anniversary of it being out because just nice. to flash forward like obviously that was a long time ago and and I had a bunch of personal stuff happen and I was like not in a space to promote the record and then uh the pandemic happened and so it was just you know I think it came out at the perfect time and and um now now I'm excited to just continue touring on the on the wings of it and and look forward to what's next that's awesome I freaking love it well so so talk to me about like what is one of your favorite tracks on this album if you had to pick one yeah if I had to pick one it would be Gray Sky Blue I think that song it just hits 
immediately and and the groove locks you in and um i think it's got kind of like a silver sun pickups or like a war on drugs vibe where you could you can play that in your car you can hear it at the mall you can um i actually would really love to sell it to ford because the <laughs> the catch or the hook of that song is um i want lightning in a bottle and um the new ford lightning is their all electric truck and you know i'm kristen ford so i thought oh that is too perfect we got to figure out a way to make that happen my dog wants to eat everything <laughs> he can't it's okay it's fine okay and what's your dog's name snoop dog snoop i love it his whole litter was pulled out from a abandoned house in East Nashville on uh, Super Bowl Sunday of last year. Oh my so God. they they all got like named after the performers of last year's Super Bowl, which was like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and yeah, Mary oh my Blige. gosh. I guess all the other puppies got renamed, but <laughs> it's just too funny. We just kept Snoop Dogg. It's yeah, he's pretty chill, and he's actually like tall and lanky, like Snoop is. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, he's adorable. You should pull him up on I'm, camera and show everybody. I'm having coffee with Michelle. Oh, Queen Michelle Queen. I love it. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right, so so you're you're on tour, like actively touring, technically right now, right? Yeah, I mean, technically, I'm in my house right now, but yeah, but... I was on I was on the road last weekend and. Okay. I will be on the road uh, for several dates um, in December. So that'll be really fun. I I grew up in Western Massachusetts and uh, traveling home for Christmas. And then, you know, just I've been touring so long and traveling so long that like, it's just part of my makeup. If I'm going to go somewhere, (laughs) I want to try to play a show. Right. And it's also, hey, for all you musicians out there, highly recommend, even if you even if you're going on vacation, just try to offset some of the costs by like picking up a gig and what a cool experience in addition to all the like touristy travel stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what are some of the cities that you're going to hit? Yeah, I'm playing Columbus, Ohio. Shout out. Uh, I'll be in Brattleboro, Vermont, Greenfield, Massachusetts, which is my hometown. Nice. Worcester, Mass, Wormtown, Boston, Massachusetts, I'm actually playing the Beehive, which is a club where I used to run sound for a few years. <laughs> All so right. It's fun to have moved away and now I get to come back and just be on stage. Um, and I'll be playing with a band that I've actually never, I guess I've met the keyboard player, but the drummer and the bass player, never met them. But it's so neat. You know, the longer you've been playing and the more experience you have, you can just be like, here's the set list, here's the recordings of the songs. Let me vet you guys. You know what you're doing. Okay, cool. And to be able to speak that universal language of music, I mean, that's just inconceivable when I was like 15 or 16 in my first jam bands. Sure. You know, where you need to like slog through like every song to imagine getting on stage for a paid gig with someone you've never even rehearsed with is sounds crazy, but it's actually it's kind of pretty doable. Yeah. You know, I don't do like uh dream theater super crazy breakdowns i'm more about like what's the groove what's the hook keep it simple right right well that's honest okay so i was just at an open mic night a couple weeks ago and um 
I was facilitating it, right? I was hosting. And so a bunch of these cats that I've known individually, a bunch of them come in. None of us had ever actually played on stage together. Mm-hmm. And there was like six of us on stage and we were just calling out tunes left and right with like, hey, it's in this key, you know, it's, you know, these chords, you're one, four, five, and you're, you know, you're six or whatever it is. And everybody just picked up and started playing it like they've been doing it for 10 years. Mm -hmm. It is just, it is still mesmerizing to me when musicians can do that. That is never going to get old for me. Right. Yeah. And also like some people are versed in the sort of reading music or understanding the theory. Other people just have a really good ear and like an idea of their role, whatever that may be in terms of their instrument and yeah I think like as a as a writer in Nashville there's there's a lot of like there's like this machine of people who can just like churn out songs and they're trying to sound like commercial and there's also something of like trying to whittle the song down so that like the the lyrics hit the hardest and the hook is so impactful and catchy but then there's also something that like maybe maybe kind of kills it when you do that where like I was watching some Prince live last night just because he's the greatest yeah you know and like let's go crazy one of the lines is like go search for the purple banana until they put us in the truck (laughs) that is not gonna make it through a co-write in Nashville no it's not but it's that song's amazing it is so I guess yeah music is amazing the language of it's amazing and there's also like it's so good to be able to access tools, but it's also great to be like, eh, I'm going to do my own way. You know, I think. Well, and I think that that's the beauty of it, right? So like, okay, so you've played on quite a few of the, the music on the move showcases and because mm-hmm. we have a rotating list of, you know, musicians that, that play. And I think that when you get certain combinations of musicians, mu- magic will just automatically happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so like the showcase that we played where Debbie flood was on drums and Savannah was playing bass and you and I were playing guitars. Like there was some moments that we hit where I was just like, shit, like that was (laughs) fucking cool, you know? And then, and then, you know, you played with a bunch of the other girls that are, you know, on stage and stuff. And it's like, it's just so cool because it's you're bringing the Kristen Ford tone to this particular ensemble. And then, you know, we switch it up again. And there are certain arrangements where I can be like, man, I I totally hear the Kristen Ford guitar tone on this. Where is she at when I need her right now? You know? And it's just, I think that's one of the coolest things about music is that like, it doesn't, doesn't really matter what skill level you're at. It's, how you play your instrument or how you sing vocally it's you're bringing your soul to the mix mm-hmm. and whenever you play like i just i love not only do i love your lyrics because you're freaking hilarious and you can just spit stuff so quick like faster than anybody that i've ever seen like your your song best friends mm-hmm. you've got to talk about how best friends like actually came into being because it's never the same song. It's always different. And it's amazing every time I hear you do it. Yeah, well, I think 
it not being the same night after night is maybe like sometimes I I think it's the thing you could you can come to multiple of my shows and you're gonna get a different experience every time. Right. For our listeners at home, Snoop Pitbull. There he is. Oh, he's so beautiful. I love yeah, him. He is. He's a good boy. Um I I went to a high school where it was an art school and you could like you could read a book that was assigned and do a book report or you could like do an interpretive dance or make a collage or write a song. So what I would do is I would read the spark notes of the book and then ad lib the song on the spot, hit, hitting <laughs> some of the plot points. So in doing that, um, and I think also just being underprepared in general and just trying to wing it, uh, I've learned how to be a pretty good improviser and I'll, I'll work with the crowd. Sometimes that's my sound check. If it's if I don't get like a proper sound check and it's a line check and there's already people in the room mm-hmm. so that I can just get them like really fired up like, oh, I better stay for this crazy looping show. You know, I'll just riff on the energy of who I see in front of me and the vibe in the room. And yeah. um, it's 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 really fun to do that. And the song Best Friends, uh, I was just missing some of my friends and and made a little voice memo and then we wound up on the record trying to play along with the voice memo to match it there was some kind of magic to it um and yeah as I continue to play that song live it's it's uh, it's evolving now I kind of like loop the end where there's just like a jam and e that just cascades into this big loud thing and then I end it and then other times um it's like how fast can I possibly do this song I wasn't always the strongest finger picker, so that's been cool. After this last October tour, I finally have calluses on my right hand, so <laughs> I'm getting there. But um, yeah, I, I want to keep myself interested. Yeah. Uh, thousands of shows in now, so that's why it's weird every time. I love it. I love it. Well, and for everybody listening, if you get the opportunity to to see Kristen play live, you have to request best friends because she'll literally just start talking about people in the room. It's it's hilarious. Um, okay, so <laughs> talk to me about this book that you're that you're working on, friend. Yeah, so I um <clears throat> you're heavy, buddy. You gotta go. <laughs> uh I actually got the idea for this like while I was on stage in Amarillo at a place called the Drunken Oyster. All right. <laughs> Which if we have any Family Guy fans, I think their bar is called the Drunken Clam. So. Oh, that's <clears throat> But yeah, I just I wanted to come up with something to just kind of like tell my stories. Um and you read a lot of like memoirs and like rock and roll perspectives from somebody who's like hit it huge and I I almost wanted to just sort of like turn the page on I've been playing 100 shows a year since 2008 wow and I've been to 48 states and 10 countries playing music and um I lived in a van for two years, slept probably at a Walmart parking lot for six or nine months of my life. And um, my brother's been an expat for like the last 15 years. He hasn't lived in the States. And so I got to go to Europe or New Zealand or wherever to catch up with him. And I, I just think I've lived kind of a, maybe not a life full of riches, but a life full of rich experiences. And yeah, it 
also like I like the format of I can be a bit long-winded especially when it comes to like business emails like it's like eight paragraphs it could have been like two sentences <laughs> so it's it's a good challenge for me to be like okay this needs to be like a couple uh one one or two stories like a couple paragraphs that can fit on the atlas so it'll be just like cool coffee table book and um yeah, I, I am not sure if it's going to be ready for the Christmas season or if it's going to be dropping early next year. But uh, All-American Atlas, Rock and Roll Roadmap. I love out. it. That's awesome. How did you get the idea for doing something like that? Um, I don't know. I, I uh, have been touring solo for a while and sometimes I'll do a lot of like books on tape and um I listen to Matthew McConaughey's book Green Lights highly recommend that okay uh Ani DeFranco's autobiography No Walls and a Recurring Dream highly recommend that that's that's an amazing life story right there and um you know just kind of feeling like I probably have something to say and it's I often read like uh like I did were you there for the Sister Rosetta Tharp tribute? No, dude, Marathon? and I was so bummed. I really wanted to be. Yeah, was, she's a she's a rock and roll pioneer icon uh, from Cotton Plant, Arkansas. And anyway, I did some research on her before trying to embody that role. And and I my favorite part of autobiographies is all, or biographies is always the part before they were really famous, like when they're just like normal, like everyone else before they became a legend or a superhero. It's like how did they get there? What was the, you know, and um, I feel like perhaps in putting this book out, I can sort of see myself in the, in the light of a rock star, even if I don't necessarily like feel like that all the time. done some crazy shit yeah you have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i think one of my fondest memories of you we were we were doing that little uh photo shoot slash video thing and um bluff agency w had dressed us and we're mm -hmm. we're sitting in the car like on our way back and you're talking about how you were like doing one of your your acting experiences and you were working with freaking i think it was samuel jackson Yes. And I I just remember yeah. sitting in the car going, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> like this life that you have lived is freaking crazy, dude. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson and I did a scene together. Um, 
I did not have any lines in the scene, but we did get to meet and it was really a cool experience. Uh, you know, just what a laid back, fun loving guy. And I also thought it was interesting that I felt very, very awkward. Um, you know, when you work with like A-list talent like that, you're not really supposed to engage. Some people don't say, don't even look at them because if they have to constantly make small talk and like hold your hand through like memories of like every single movie you've seen of theirs or every scene you liked they did, that just would be exhausting because they work with hundreds of people every week. And, um, you know, so I just was trying to tread lightly on that and just be as professional as possible and felt awkward. Felt like he's this God, I'm this aunt. And then <laughs> when the minute that they, they call action, now we are peers that exist in a world of pretend and magic. And it was totally vibey and cool. And I just think, yeah, moments like that are are pretty amazing. They did wind up cutting the scene from the, the show. Oh, boo. I was yeah. upset. It's okay, though. You know, it's like I still had the experience. And I had right. a similar thing happen with the TV show I was part of. Um, it was kind of like the lesbian, the black lesbian friends, where mm -hmm. it was shot in Atlanta. And I was one of the four main characters. And um we shot the pilot, we shot nine episodes and the project wound up getting uh, scrapped due to no fault of the actors, but it was like the people putting it out, it just fell apart. And, and it, that was a tough lesson, but it, it's also like, that's, that's how making, that being an actor, you have much, much less control than being a musician where you can kind of, there's songs I have out on Spotify that I recorded, mixed, mastered, released, promoted myself. Right. With no extra involvement of anyone, I have complete control. But if you want to make something as big as like a movie, you need you need a team. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's insane. Well, it's really good insight for for anybody that's you know trying to to test their hand at acting, and you know it's a it's a completely different vibe than even like stage acting. I mean, my sister's done a lot of stage performances and things like that, so it's. Yeah, that's a whole it's a whole beast. So, do you have any other projects, any act, any other acting projects right now that you're getting ready to work on? Or yeah, I do. I actually, um, my sleep schedule is still a little weird because I I played two gigs in Illinois and then I I had like three hours of sleep and then I got cast in an overnight commercial shoot uh, on Monday night. So today's Wednesday. So I've been Jeez. like figuring it out, but I was, I was awake for like 23 hours. It was, it was weird, but, Holy um, God. I'm working on a short film with my, my friend, Rachel Pearl, who's also a really talented musician, but we're peers in acting class. And then pretty soon I will be coming out with the music video for Jackpot, cool. uh, which is a song I, I re recorded for War on the Living Room, but it was a single. It didn't come out with the album. And, um, this dog is a lot. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, but it's it's a concept I came out with. It's definitely not let's lip sync and strum guitar kind of video. It's like a whole concept. I can't give a spoiler away, but uh, we're just putting a bow on that. And then that'll be coming out. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm looking for representation right now. So that might make things different. I, I gotta put together an audition for this role of a beatboxer looper. 
for a stage production, which I don't really do stage, but it seems like it's so perfect for what my skill set that yeah, we'll see. So yeah, it keeps me pretty busy. I, I usually have drums behind me, but I, I moved them out so that I can put up my screen and do self tapes here. And um, yeah, it's for anyone who's been doing like one discipline a while, like I've, you know, I've been doing music since I was 14. Like it is so fun and refreshing to like learn something different. Like yeah. take a creative writing class or, or take a dance class. And I don't know. Like, I, I just think it's, it's helped my music getting into acting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a fresh set of perspectives and, um, I think, you know, especially with acting, I mean, you have to embody different personas, right? So then you can start writing from those personas. Yeah. And it's also like, I feel like it's very different. I've been mostly studying in the method, um, means of acting and, and I could get more into like improv and comedy, which is like its own thing. But in terms of like dramatic acting, it feels like you want to learn your lines and, and learn your character and do the work. Maybe you know your beats or maybe you know the speed you want to go at, but then in the moment, in the scene, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. No idea. And I feel like music is, it can be like that, but for the most part, even when people are like, oh, that song was so heartfelt or oh, it was so blah, blah, blah. I'm being very technical. This is the tempo. This is the note I want to hit. This is when I'm going to take the breath to sing here. This is the moment I'm going to play guitar. So I'm going to step away from the mic. And it's like, you, you can't act like that or you'll be stiff and robotic. Right. So it's, it's kind of wild. <laughs> and also just, um, you know, just like the first time I went to the recording studio, I was not, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, like now, you know, like hundreds of recordings later, it's the same thing with like getting experience on camera, especially when the camera's like right here. It's so right. close that even like moving your eyes down is like a huge move. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's crazy. Fun stuff. I don't want to nerd out too hard. I know this is about music, right? This no, isn't... no, that's okay. But this is all, <laughs> it, it's affecting your process as a musician. So I think it's it's really awesome to talk about that and and learn about it because, dude, I have absolutely no experience in the acting field. I don't know anything about it. But I think that's really interesting how you've correlated it with like, you know, when you're on stage, you don't think about how calculated everything you do on a stage is but it is mm -hmm. and it should be if you're, yeah. if you're really going to put on, you know, a good performance. Right. And I also think that like taking some of that, okay. The line could be like, I love you so much. You know, I could, I could whisper that I could scream it. I could shout it. I could say it sarcastically. I could be weeping. There's, there's so many different ways you could say that one line. And if you took the same approach to like recording, that's a really fun way to be creative. Even if you're like, oh, let's do um, my morning jacket style, just like soaked in reverb. Okay, let's do it like the, the microphone's right in your ear and it's totally dry. Okay, let's auto-tune it like crazy. Okay, let's record Bonnie Vare style, like a hundred vocals. Like, wow. I mean, good luck getting any of that done, but I just, <laughs> I, I do feel like, you know, if you, um, 
are a kid in the sandbox and are open to possibilities. Wow, I think we limit ourselves a lot, either by worrying about what other people think or worrying about the time and the money or trying to duplicate what you think was successful before. And um, yeah, I'm just trying to get more in touch with, with myself and my big dreams and stop any kind of limiting beliefs and any kind of like operating from lack to just like go nuts, you know, yeah. see what could happen. Absolutely. I, I don't think anybody who knows you would ever classify you as somebody who limits themselves. Because you, and, and I mean that in the best way, because look at all these amazing opportunities that have come your way just because you were open to them. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think that is an incredible mindset to have, especially as a creative person, because it is so difficult not to listen to those voices that are constantly telling you, you're not doing this right, or you're, you know, your music should sound like this, or you should look like this. Yeah. Or like, you know, I've, I've had a lot of nights in Nashville where like, I promoted a big show and this is a tough town. Sometimes, you know, only 10 or 15 people come out. And then like my last show uh, at the Lipstick Lounge, I, it was sort of a tour homecoming and I wanted to thank a bunch of people. So I put a bunch of people on the list and I, I just was feeling like this is going to be a good show. This is going to be a lot of fun. I don't even know if I'll make money, but I know it's going to be a lot of fun. And it wound up being like jammed, like at capacity and financially we did really well. And it's, it's almost like you have to just be stoked regardless of the good or the bad feedback, because it's like your emotions, like to be jerked around, like I'm a success, I'm a failure, I'm a success, I'm a failure. It's exhausting. And it's, it's not necessarily ever like a fixed point. Like the only failure is if you just like stop forever. Right. And even then, okay, maybe that's not a failure. Maybe you left a legacy of recordings or, or past shows or experiences behind you, but like it, um, it's definitely hard on the mental health, I think of creatives and just freelancers in general, like I actually recently re reached out to a club that I had confirmed this show back in April and we were going over the final advancing details for it's a December date. And I said, Hey, can we tack on like an extra 15% onto the payment? Because everything's gone up since we first discussed it. And they were like, okay, cool. And, you know, just even to get to the point of being willing to negotiate for your value and what you're worth, it's like, it's, I think it's a personal journey rather than like an external, oh, this needs to happen for me or this needs to happen. It's like, you know. Yeah. Price of gas has gone up. Maybe your guarantee needs to go up too. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and and it's just, it's good business sense. That's being a really good business person and understanding that, okay, if inflation is on the rise, my rates have to be on the rise too. You have to factor in that cost. And it's not... You know, it's not to say that you're just trying to price gouge people. It's just what's fair for the time that you're living in. Yeah. And like, ooh, I'm a people pleaser. Get a couple drinks of me at the end of the night and I'm supposed to pay out all the bands or I'm supposed to be in charge of like selling up for myself. And I've definitely screwed myself more than <laughs> once. 
just trying to people please and be like oh no yeah it's okay I don't need that much or oh I'll pay you a little extra because you were so great and I'm in the moment and then the next day I'm like ah damn it (laughs) I gotta go out and busk because I don't have money for breakfast (laughs) you know whatever yeah well, and I, I think that that, that kind of journey to, to get to where you are now and advocating for yourself to, to get that 15% increase, good for you, friend. I mean, you you have to make a living too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, or, and it's, or just it's be choosier enough. about like why you're doing it. Yeah. You had mentioned corporate gigs earlier, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, cool. I've and then there's also like, like house shows or like uh or like shows for uh benefit that's the word benefit shows right where it's like you might just be there because you're like yeah I believe in this and I can contribute something let's go absolutely absolutely there's a there's a time and a place for for each of those things you know the the corporate gigs are are wonderful because obviously you're going to make a little bit more money at them and you can, you know, pay your mortgage that week or month or whatever. And then, and then you end up doing those house concert shows where you may make $5, but you made fans and you met new people and maybe you connected on a completely different level. And that's the payoff. It's, it's funny. I, over the last course of this year, I keep, coming back to this phrase called soul currency it's not the type of if not not the type of currency that allow you to go buy your cup of coffee it's what literally feeds your soul so that you can just keep doing what you're doing the money will come right the money will always come but if you're not if you're not writing the music you want to be writing if you're not playing the shows that really mean something to you you have to adjust that perspective so that, you know, it makes everything worth it. Taking all that criticism, all of the pressure that you feel from the industry, all of that that mental warfare that creatives have to go through, you have to do the things that bring you soul currency so that it just makes what we do worth it. Oh, yeah. Slow clap for that. I'm going to stand right. up and... <laughs> Soul Currency would be a cute name for a, a band, too. Hell yeah, dude. Kristen Ford and the Soul Currency. Dig it. Dig it. All right, fam. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on the show and talking about your incredible career. And um, I'm super, super excited to feature a track from War in the Living Room uh, on this episode. I, I think Woo! it's an amazing album. And um, and I'm super stoked about that book. So as soon as, soon as the book comes out, you let us know at Music on the Move and we will we will put it all over our socials and, and try to help you get the word out there about yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. It's going to be... Um... Um, you know, available for ebooks like Kindles and stuff. And then I'm going to also go the like print on demand route. So it, I'll have some available at my website and probably also at the the big old evil company name. We don't need to give any yeah. like to, but you we know, we're not talking about them. wink, wink, it's fine. wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, my, my sister used them to uh, to get her book out too. So it's you know it's go. a it's a mogul it, they 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 provide a service it does what it does it's fine you can also rent a lot of independent films and get exposed to some cool underground 
uh, filmmaking and short film that you're probably not going to see on your other streaming. So you're right. There's good and bad with everything. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But, All right. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. I absolutely really dig it. Yeah, dude. And, and it's, uh, uh, K-R-I-N-T-E-N, because I'm a perfect 10. Ford, like the car. Yep. Or the truck, if you're from the South. Dot com. <laughs> there it is. That's we will have... We'll have all of your links in the show notes for for everybody. And then once your book comes out, I'll actually put the link on this episode so that people can go and grab the book as well. Sweet. Sweet. Can't wait. All right, Fram. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Katie. Have a great day. KFO friend, thank you so much for coming on the show. Y'all make sure that you check out the links in the show notes for all of Kristen's awesome, awesome content that she's got going on. Her new album, her book, everything. Thank you so much, friend. I appreciate you. Remember, tickets for the March 20th showcase at the Basement East. Links will be in the show notes for that. If you could, make sure that you give us a subscribe, a like, and a follow. Share this podcast with your friends. Share it with some of your artist friends. If you've got some artist friends in your back pocket that you think would be awesome on the show, I am all ears. So give us a shout at info at musiconthemovestudios.com, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>